0: Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found.
1: Open Field Radio.
0: Cool people having conversations about
1: agriculture and life. Where ag and life collide. Brought to you by Gowan. West Murick, Oregon Grain Growers brand distillery. Eastern Oregon's best kept ag secret. We talk it all right now. Hello, America, and a growing audience around the world. What's happening? What's up? Welcome to Open Field Radio, raising the hip factor in all things agriculture. What a great episode today! We're going to have all kinds of fun. And you know what? For as surface as this may seem, we're talking with a distiller today. And it's very cool. Wes Murick from the Oregon Grain Growers brand distillery in Pendleton, Oregon. Now you hear this and you think, okay, we've been to a distillery or something like it. And you get the idea. Nope, nope, nope. The knowledge in this guy and the fact that this all happens locally to them is fascinating. In fact, the whole point of Open Field Radio is looking at what we call the one degree of separation between agriculture and life. This is, this is the collision of the whole thing. We've talked about it before. This one does it again. Wes is going to take us through the whole distilling process, but he's also going to take us through the grain agriculture of his entire region right there. It's fascinating. Get ready. Yep, there's some cool product at the end, that's for sure. But man, what these guys do... Pretty darn amazing. The phone quality in this interview, it's a little hit and miss. Wes is way out there, so I understand. You know what? Can you hear me now? I don't know. Sometimes we can. And before I forget, if you haven't subscribed to the Open Field Radio website yet, do yourself a favor and do that. We shoot little emails out once in a while, things that happen and things you might want to know if you dig the show. And we hope you do. But also... I have noticed by the traffic on the site, we're gonna bring back the playlist. If you haven't checked out playlist, we had them going for a while and then we stopped it. We thought, no, nobody's listening. Found out you are listening. Playlists are gonna return to the Open Field Radio website. That's Openfieldradio.com. And the playlists are basically some songs and some cool things that might, might relate to the episode. Just to continue the experience, it's pretty fun. So let's get to it. We've got West Murick and the Oregon Grain Growers Brand Distillery. You'll hear it all in plus or minus 90 seconds. I don't know about you, but it seems like everywhere I turn right now, there's something about jobs and the abundance of jobs available out there. Well, here's one to throw in the mix. Skip the job. How about a career at Gowan? Maybe you're in agriculture. Maybe you're in science. Maybe you're none of that check it out at gowanco.com slash careers. Great opportunities available, and they're all cool. Careers right here in America and around the world. Come see it for yourself. That's gowanco.com slash careers. And tell them you heard it. On Open Field Radio. I feel like the more shows we do, the more we get to know each other. You know what I mean? I know you, you know me. Oh, look, we're just regular people, right? And when it comes to promoting Open Field Radio, I need regular people to tell other regular people this show is happening. So tell somebody, knock on somebody's door, call them up, send them a text, whatever, and tell them you're listening to Open Field Radio. And by golly, they should be too. It'll be awesome, I promise. Because that's what friends do at Open Field Radio. <laughs> Away we go! Open Field Radio, Season Two, Episode Nine. West Murick, Oregon Grain Growers Brand Distillery. It all happens right now. How are things in Pendleton, Oregon, today?
0: Oh, not too bad. You know, it's a little chilly. The weather's starting to turn, but it's it's a beautiful day. You know, it's uh, it's nice. It's a brew day, so every it's always a good day when you're brewing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What are you brewing today? Uh, We got a wheat whiskey that we're brewing, mashing up 100% local uh, wheat bill.
1: Sounds like a good day all the way around. Do you have a bad day when you're in the distilling business?
0: Uh, not often. It does happen though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sometimes, sure. uh, machinery doesn't want to work right. Sometimes, uh, things just, just go wrong, but, uh, <laughs> it's hard. It, it, <laughs> most people probably have heard of Pendleton in one way or another. Uh, our little city has, uh, a little bit of a uh, a name for itself with Pendleton Woolen Mills. It's a pretty famous uh, yeah. blanket factory and yeah. clothing and all that kind of stuff. So we're also well known for the Pendleton Roundup, which is our local rodeo. Which has uh, uh, it's the second weekend of September every year, and it's the uh, one best rodeo or best large rodeo of the year, I think eight or nine consecutive years, something crazy. It's, it's a really fun time. That's kind of this area. Is we really like the agricultural side of it. You know, wolf, uh, rodeo, cowboys, and, and whiskey and, and grain. So it's kind of just ingrained in the local region. Community.
1: Well, let's jump right into this. What, what makes the product in northeastern Oregon so perfect for what you do?
0: Northeastern Oregon, most people think Oregon, and they think uh, big trees and and rainy weather, overcast skies, uh all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> so it's a little bit different on the eastern side of the state. Once you pass over the Cascades, it's a lot more uh, – we're in what's called the high desert. So it's a lot more dry, a lot fewer trees, less pine trees, but it's perfect for growing wheat and other uh, grains like corn. Uh, we see a lot of sorghum. We got triticale, which is a kind of hybrid grain. Uh, So we see a lot of farmers and and that sort of stuff coming out to this area that have been here for for quite a long time. As far as specifically why we are are from here, so our owners, Kelly and Rodney, both actually grew up in the area. And so they had worked for a while out in Seattle, kind of went that direction, and decided the big city wasn't ready for them. And so they decided to move back to their hometown of Pendleton, move a little bit closer to the family, and start raising their family here. So that's kind of what brought them back to the area. At least.
1: And how long is this awesome idea of using locally grown grain for a local distillery? How long has this been going on?
0: So we started distilling in 2016. So uh, not terribly... <laughs> long right now it's been about five years but it's been good it's been really nice it's it's kind of been uh, a bit of a learning curve because most of the experience out there is with malted barley so uh to create your or get your enzymes to create the alcohol process but uh we can talk about that so it's been a little bit challenging trying to find the grain and then how to utilize the grain to the best of its ability and how to create the flavors that we want out of that local product because it's such a great local product. How do we how do we kind of accentuate it the most? You know? Well, can you talk to me about the grain you're sourcing there locally? Yeah. So we've got a few different farmers that we work with and, and we often get farmers that come in and talk to us about different types of grain. So our kind of main grain is... Uh, Umatilla County is kind of known for their, their wheat fields and, and producing a, a bunch of wheat. That's why it's called Umatilla Gold. Uh, <laughs> it's been sure. that way for about a hundred years. And, <laughs> and we have a local farm. Uh, we, I mean, there's a bunch of farms. Uh, we, we either go to independent farms that we can, uh, work with, such as we, we've used, uh, Bronker Farms in the past, which is, uh, not too far, literally on top of the hill that's like, 5 miles from from our distillery. So oh, it's not cool. even super far. <laughs> it's yeah. super close. Yeah, it's real local. Yeah, yeah, right on top. So uh that's one farm that we've used in the past. Uh we also have a so the rest a lot of the other farms in the area, they come to Pendleton to drop off their their grain, their wheat, uh, to the local seed plant. So we also work with a seed plant so that whenever they're transferring and m- making um uh doing screenings like that. So basically what that means is is as they transfer wheat from one place to another place, they have to screen it for size and style and all that kind of stuff. So as they're moving it, those screenings, they'll collect them in the bags for us and we distill it. <laughs> hey, that's handy. That's handy. So, w- Yeah, yeah, it works really nice. Do you actually have farmers
1: that come to you and go, hey, what do you need? Or, hey, this is what I've got. Can you use this? Do you actually have them solicit you that way?
0: Uh, Sometimes. We've had to have a couple times. Uh, For example, we've talked to some folks that are doing sorghum. They're trying out some sorghum around us, and and they were wondering if it would uh, be able to be distilled and fermented and all that kind of stuff. So they brought us a few test batches, and we're going to see what that looks like Turning into whiskey, so oh wow, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, and then we've got that. We've got uh, triticale, which, as I say, it's a hybrid grain, so it's actually a hybrid between wheat and rye. So it's actually a really fun grain to distill and work with because it's got like a, a nice kind of smooth vanilla flavor from the wheat side, but it's also got a little bit of spice and um, and kind of more interesting uh, spicy notes at from the rye side, so it's just a beautiful kind of grain. So it's really nice little grain to work with.
1: How'd you come across that?
0: Just a a guy... Asked us if uh, we were interested in trying to distill it and (laughs) turn it into whiskey, and we said, yes. that sounds great.
1: (laughs) That's a a great day right there. Hey, I've got some of this. You want to try it? Yeah, let's make whiskey out of it. It's like 12-year-olds. Hey, let's make whiskey out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, Yeah, it's cool, man. It's not as easy as it sounds, but it's uh, it's because it's a long process. You know, you ferment it, and then you distill it, and then you put it into a barrel and hope it turns out really nice in a couple of years, so...
1: Yeah, there's a big window there of kind of uh, hoping.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Bottom line is, distilling or not, it all starts with the farm, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, everything starts in nature itself, out on the farm, out in the fields, because that's where the flavor comes from, you know. It it depends on the weather, whether the sun is shining, whether it's rainy. All that sort of stuff impacts the flavor of the grain that we end up seeing, so— it's not just us trying to create whiskey and, and create good flavor in our processes, but also making sure that we're finding good ingredients that we can find that has the flavors that we're looking for. That's going to be the best quality that we can find.
1: And if it's not coming to you, obviously you guys have to go out and source that grain. You've got the granary that's helping you, but you also have to probably go out and see it for yourself at times and locate that grain yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Luckily, like I said, we're, we're in grain country, so we've got a ton <laughs> of local grain, whether it's a, a granary or farm-specific. We've got uh, groups of farms like co-ops that have been, developed over the years that we can reach out to, and they'll help us a little bit and say, oh, I think, I think uh, Will, over here about 20 miles east of you guys might have some triticale for you guys. Just give them a call. That's kind of one way that we've had to go about finding grain over the years as well. You're listening to Open Field Radio.
1: You know, of the grain crops, wheat and barley are two of the most sensitive to copper deficiencies. But Badge SC from Gowan USA is effective in overcoming copper deficiencies. Badge applications to wheat and barley have demonstrated both yield and test weights increases when applied mid-tilling through the boot growth stages. Badge SC takes copper technology to new heights, mixing two high-purity copper salts, copper hydroxide and copper oxychloride, into one superior formulation. The formulation Technology Behind Badge SC makes it one of the easiest mixing, most stable, and ready for this best performing liquid copper formulations on the market. America's number one liquid copper brand, ask for it by name Badge SC. Always reading file label directions from Gowan Company. So you know, when you're digging around online and you find those lists of if you like this, then that. Well, this one's pretty cool. Maybe it's one of those they-know-you-buy-the-company-you-keep kind of things. But I found a list that said if you like open field radio, then you might like these podcasts. Check it out. How about Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett? Not bad. How about the Ben Shapiro show from The Daily Wire? How about Dateline NBC? How about The Daily Show from The New York Times? That's only the biggest podcast in the world. NPR News and Conan O'Brien's podcast. You know what? You know them by the company they keep. That's pretty good company. That's why you listen to Open Field Radio. Quick shout out to some folks we know are listening to Open Field Radio. Big hello to Goldendale, Washington, Ogden, Utah, Council Bluffs, Iowa, Cheyenne, Wyoming, New York City, Vienna, Austria, Accra, Ghana, and Casale Cortesiero, Italy. Thanks for listening. From the Gowan Global Studio deep inside the Lee Hotel, this is Open Field Radio. Well, let's jump into the process. I looked at your site. You guys make a whole laundry list of spirits.
0: <laughs> for sure, yeah. So the process, uh, it, it changes depending on what the actual spirit we're making is. Okay. Pretty much everything we do is distill some grain. The difference being, since we have so much access to wheat, that's generally going to be what we use as our base spirit for all of our vodkas, all of our whiskeys. That's kind of the bulk of what we produce right now. Also, I think that's the bulk spirit for our gin. So with the vodkas and gin and that sort of stuff, we actually filter it quite a bit. We filter it for about a week, two weeks on charcoal to remove any of the wheat flavor from it. And then we'll distill it so... We'll take the base spirit and then we'll either soak flavors in it. So, for example, with our Picnic Watermelon Vodka, we get local watermelons from our friends over in Hermiston, uh, Walshley Farms. They bring us two, three pallets of watermelons. We chop them up, throw them in the spirit and let it soak up and absorb all that watermelon flavor. And then we distill it in the still so that we can (laughs) pull it into the into the spirit itself and there's no color to it right now so.
1: so even your watermelons are locally sourced
0: yeah yeah uh yeah we we try to use as much local source stuff as we can
1: <laughs> well i see you have a pineapple vodka odds are the pineapple is not from oregon
0: <laughs> so uh i assume it's not grown <laughs> in oregon there's a there's a company called oregon fruit company that's pretty well known uh throughout the the country that Produces our,
1: our pineapple puree for yeah. Okay, well, fair enough, close enough, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not super smart on this, though. I enjoy the product. I'm not super smart on the process, but the spirit itself is—is is it the same through your vodkas and your gins and those kind of spirits? It's just <laughs> in the aging process after the fact that makes it whatever it is. Is that correct?
0: Uh, kind of. So essentially, <laughs> yes. So basically. Basically, when we get grain in, uh, we, we mill it down to basically create flour. And then from there, we add the flour into hot water. So basically, this is called the mashing process. So we're mixing hot water with floured grain. And depending on what we're doing, whether it's uh, we can do a single malt, we can do a corn whiskey or a bourbon, depending on what style of whiskey we're producing will depend on what grains we put in. The bourbon has to be 51% corn. Uh, Corn whiskey has to be 80% corn. Um, There's a lot of different malt whiskey has to be 51% malt. Uh, Single malt whiskey is all malt. So it just depends on what whiskey we're creating as to what the actual recipe is that we're, we're throwing into the mass. So once we have it mashed, that's basically where we're taking hot water and enzymes, so either from the malt or we have liquid enzymes as well basically those enzymes are converting all the starches in the grain into alcohol or into uh, sugar, sorry, so glucose or glucose or one of those fermentable sugars. So those fermentable sugars, uh, once we cool it down, we'll add yeast, and that's what the yeast eats is those fermentable sugars. So that's how we get our alcohol. The byproduct of yeast as it eats sugar is alcohol and CO2. So that's how, where we get our alcohol from, and pretty much all of our alcohol – Start with that process. Then we throw it from our fermenters into our still, which is we have a two-vessel 500-gallon uh, pot still, reflux still. Uh, so we pretty much only run it as a pot still right now, except for when we do our spirit runs for for vodkas. But what that means is, is as we throw it in there, uh, alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature than water does. So as we heat up the the uh, stills, they'll, the alcohol will start to evaporate and pull out lots of delicious flavor and all that kind of stuff. And it goes through our our still and then cools back down through our cooling tower and comes out as a liquid. So uh, we get high proof alcohol coming out. So if uh, we have our fermenters after the first stage, so we just fermented the malt. Basically, we're creating beer at this point. And that's at about... 10% usually of alcohol. We put it into the still, we distill it and coming out of there, usually around 35 to 40% alcohol. And then for our whiskeys, for example, we'll collect all those first running, which we call low wine. We'll throw those back in the still, we'll, we'll re-distill it. And then that'll give us our spirit, our uh, spirit run. So that usually comes in around 60 or 80% alcohol. So uh, that's when we proof that down, add distilled water to it, and then throw it into a barrel for... So
1: right there, Wes is talking about barrels and putting their product in barrels, and of course you're gonna have to wait and whatever happens with barrels and your product. And of course, that took me right back to open field radio season two, episode two. We talked with Christian Brown with the Tabasco Company, McElhaney Farms and Avery Island. And that whole process, what do you know? They use barrels too, right? Three years, Tabasco sits in those barrels. If you haven't heard it, check it out for yourself. Fantastic episode. And though many things come in barrels, I don't know. Wes and the Oregon Grain Grown folks, they may have the coolest thing in a barrel yet, except for monkeys, let's see. You throw them into barrels and you wait. Is it different for each product? How long you wait?
0: Not necessarily different for each product, more different for each barrel. So, it's the uh, barrels never do everything the same as the barrel next to them. Oh, it, sure. It's how the barrel works. So, barrels breathe, and depending on pores and the structure of the wood of the barrel can, can give you different flavors and different all sorts of things. So it's it's really just a matter of uh, part of my job is going down and making sure that the barrels are all good. You guys taste them every now and then, which is terrible. What a shame! Uh, what a shame! It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard. The rough stuff, you know. But not too bad. It's uh, it's fun. The, the barrels is one of the more more fun aspects for sure.
1: You mill, ferment, distill, and bottle everything on site. Is that right? Yep. Yep. One stop shop. You guys do it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can get uh, distilleries that will get whiskeys from other places, or and then they'll they'll kind of do their blend, and then like they have their contract with one brewery or another brewery or another distillery to make their whiskeys, and then they'll blend it from there and then bottle it. Okay. Um, it's 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 pretty common. It happens all the time. But to have like a one stop shop is is really nice for us. It's kind of what we wanted to do because it helped us to highlight. The local area and the local grain and the local uh, community, really.
1: Well, what, what's been the response in the local community to what you're doing?
0: Oh, I mean, it's been it's been really great. People really enjoy our products. They really like seeing our um, local farmers kind of come in and and talk to us and, and seeing how we interact with them because it's really cool. Because it's all history that their parents knew or their grandparents were involved in or somebody knows. There's always some sort of connection between each family and and the farms that we work with. So it's really cool to see that history and heritage really really interact even today as we're as we're creating something a little bit different.
1: That's really cool. you know, we talk with a lot of farmers. This show talks with a lot of farmers, but if there is a consistent thread through that, it, that's it exactly. The pride, the history, the heritage that only comes from being a farmer in whatever region you're in, in your case, Eastern Oregon there. That's really, really cool.
0: Exactly, yeah. It's, it's super cool to be a part of.
1: What was 2020 like for you guys? Was distilling up? Was distilling down? Did it change at all with uh, the, all, <laughs> all, the, all the chaos of 2020?
0: Yeah, 2020 was definitely interesting. So uh, we are not just a distillery. Well, we are... But we also have a restaurant on premises, so for most most of 2020, the restaurant side uh, we couldn't have folks in the restaurant itself. We could do to-go orders only. Mm-hmm. But what was really nice is is during that process, we could also do to-go cocktails and to-go bottles because we can sell on our own premises. So. So we could take them home and enjoy them as well. So the alcohol side, I wouldn't necessarily slowed down too much. So it definitely picked up and allowed us to actually start focusing a little bit more on our whiskeys and our rum and and that sort of thing. And really producing new flavors because even though we couldn't sell it as many bottles necessarily, we could put as many in the barrels as we wanted. So we actually increased our, our productions last year just to start putting more stuff in the barrel and to really start aging as much different kinds of whiskey, different different grains, different recipes as you did.
1: 2020 was unique that way because I remember ordering dinner from a local establishment and ordering the cocktails to go with it and taking it all home. And that's such a foreign feeling when you're used <laughs> to having to drink your cocktails there or whatever you're having to have it in the bag yes. with you and going home with it. You're kind of like, is is this okay? Is anybody watching here? But um, <laughs> exactly. it was a unique experience to you, the whole thing. I'm glad you guys came out the other side okay. Let me ask you this. You ran me through the whole distilling process there a minute ago. You don't sound like an old guy. How did you learn this? <laughs>
0: Uh, so I have been brewing. I'm actually, uh, not from Eastern Oregon. My wife and I moved here a couple of years ago and I'm actually from Texas. So, uh, I'm a, a Texan a little bit far away from home, but <laughs> every now and then my y'all comes out. Uh, <laughs> but I, was, I've been, I've been in this industry. I've been brewing for about 10 years. I started home brewing back in college and, uh, went, from college and couldn't really find a job in what I wanted to do. So I I started volunteering at local breweries and kind of got in with a local brewery, started packaging, quickly moved into brewing and recipe development and kind of went from there. never looked back. So uh, I just kind of keep following and keep working. And uh, that's where I kind of came into this. But I've been doing it for, yeah, about 10 years now.
1: Very cool. Is there a transition learning curve to go from brewing to distilling?
0: Not Really, it's it's fate uh, like the process is very similar. I would say it's it's more difficult to go from distilling to beer because there's a lot more. Um, you, you have less alcohol in your finished product, right? The so beer sure. is typically between let's say four percent and ten percent for the average beer, and whereas we're dealing with more of between thirty to eighty percent alcohol. So. It's a little bit different process because at lower alcohol percentages, things tend to go wrong. You can get bacterial infections, you can get issues with CO2, you can. There are a lot more things that can go wrong in beer than there is really in distilling. (laughs) That's
1: the story of life, right there. I think is really more what that is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, exactly.
1: Coast to coast and around the world. You're listening to Open Field Radio. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you, right? Gowan USA has a broad selection of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides to deliver customized solutions for your crops. Gowan provides the right programs to fit your unique needs, standing behind our products with expert service and support. And Gowan USA is family-owned and operated right here in the United States of America for over 55 years. That's a long time. Check it out for yourself at gowanco.com. And now you know open field radio like share subscribe this
0: is marshall tremble scottsdale arizona
1: you must be the marshall
0: arizona's official state historian season one episode five and you're listening to open field radio
1: cool people having conversations about agriculture and life open field radio and now back to open field radio with our guest, Oregon grain growers brand distilleries own Wes Murick. Do you have a favorite product you make? One that you, when it's time to do that one, you're like, I got this. This is, this is a home run every time.
0: <laughs> when I started here, we had three uh, products, and now we're up to, I think, 12, and we've got two more, three more ready to go just about. So trying to pick a favorite's really difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say probably one uh my favorite right now is probably our gin, just because it's it's light, it's refreshing, it's just something that you can sit down at the end of the day and just enjoy it. and and not have to worry too hard about what what you're doing the next day.
1: I'm a huge gin fan, and I saw that on your product list, and I thought, man, i got to find out about that.
0: For sure. And it's it's nice to, you know, our gin, we've we've won a a couple of awards for it, which has been really, really uh, nice for us. All the work that goes into it, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a payoff, if'
1: is nice. So when you're dealing with this much grain and all the different kinds of grain, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is malting and malted barley. But here it is. It caught me way off guard, and I don't know why it did, but the term for someone in charge of malting barley is a maltster. And I went, wait a minute, that's a real job and a real title? Where was that on job fair day at school? I missed it completely. But it's a super important job should you want malted barley.
0: So we work really closely with a local maltster or a malt handler out in baker city oregon so even further eastern oregon
1: okay is that a real um, is that a
0: real word maltster yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's the that's a it's cool like word brewer, but for malt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i like that so they they uh, work really closely with farmers in their areas that produce barley it grows a little bit better i think out uh in baker city because it's a little bit higher elevation <laughs> And basically what they do is they get the, the raw grain in, and then they soak it, they steep it in water, and will let it start to germinate. So what that means is it actually starts to grow into a plant. So the seeds that we get that we consider grain, those will start to germinate into a plant if left alone. And malting, you let that start to happen. As soon as you start to see like, the little stock come out of the, the husk or the grain, then you actually kill it. So you dry it out and you can either roast, start to roast it a little bit to get it like a caramel color or add color to it, add a little bit of uh, nice toasted flavors to it. Or you can go all the way and roast it so it's like black and really nice, chocolatey, dark malt. So he does a really great job out there at, uh, at Gold Rush Malt to uh, make really nice. Uh, really good malted barley for it.
1: That is really cool. I'm sure it smells amazing.
0: Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's like uh, oatmeal. It smells like oatmeal all day long. (laughs) Can you imagine? You've been
1: malting today. No, no, I really haven't. I really haven't. What's your favorite thing? If you had to say my favorite thing about Oregon Grain Growers brand distillery, what is it?
0: Oh boy. Uh, (laughs) I think it's the, I I think there's a couple of things. One that we get all of our grain locally and, and it's the flavors are so, so good that come out of that just by having the local quality that Oregon, Eastern Oregon is known for from the grain, but also like, Whenever you kind of come in during the day and and meet the staff and and talk to anybody, like everybody's happy to be here, and it's it's just a really great environment to be working in. So, it's uh it's kind of a twofold to your question there.
1: If someone wants to learn more about who you are, what you are, and what you guys do, how do they find you?
0: Uh, the best way to find us is at Oregon Grain on Twitter and Instagram, or we've also got uh dot com or uh, Oregon Grain dot com. Those are the best ways to find out more about us. Or, of course, you can always stop by and grab a cocktail.
1: Hey, (laughs) hey, there's something to that there. I might just have to do that. What's really cool is as you and I are talking, without prompting you at all, you quickly go to if you will promoting where you are and the greatness of where you are and the greatness of the product that is grown there and that speaks volumes for what's going on in eastern oregon
0: it's amazing like i said the history and heritage of of agriculture in this area is, is huge you know we have century farms that are still being farmed to this day by the same families that that moved here on the oregon trail so it's really important to understand what that heritage means especially when it's up to us or to me, to create something new out of it, but also to keep that heritage going and to move it forward into, into something new. So it's really important to me to make sure that that's taken care of.
1: You've been listening to Open Field Radio from Gowen Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Open Field Radio are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission.